You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. All right, Josh. Josh, you know what time it is? Um, it's like four nineteen. It's morphin' time. What, <laughs> you geeks? Welcome back to Systematic Geekology. I am one of your hosts. I am Joe. And for this more phenomenal episode, I am joined by the one and only Josh. How's it going? You know, it's, it's going pretty well. Um, yeah, I've uh, Gargoyles issue two came out. Um, I'm trying to remember is, is Westman, I think, is the, uh, the writer of that phenomenal stuff. So uh, yeah. good Disney related comics these days, which is weird but i think it's because dynamite's making them so whatever (laughs) yeah i try not uh, it's to me it doesn't i I know it's technically a a disney comic but like it's it's only a disney related uh ip by you know merger and corporate nonsense it's you know i want to believe that it's some of those roots that are taking shape and all of that kind of stuff yeah i love i I love the the comic so far i think it's been absolutely aces um yeah some of some of the best stuff coming out in comics right now in my opinion um how about dc getting me interested again in actually reading the big two the big two with them putting dick grayson basically at the forefront of the new universe like phenomenal awesome stuff uh Darkwing Duck made me happy. This is not comic book catch-up, if anyone's wondering. I'm just <laughs> airing out there that there's two Dynamite comics that are both like sort of Disney-esque that I'm like, I love both of these, even though they're definitely kid-friendly. Like, it's not like Moon Knight ripping out spines, but I'm like, I, I love this. Um, Gargoyle's colors, I'm not I'm not very art-minded, but just the, like, that's one of those where I'm like, man, what a great color scheme. <laughs> like, all the way through, I was like, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I think for for something like that, it's very easy to put a modern sheen on mm. on an IP like that. And I I love the fact that they did not um, <laughs> they did not shy away from making it a product of its time. Yeah, which exactly what they did with Darkwing Duck too. So Dynamite's doing great both of those. Uh, it felt like watching that old cartoon and I could hear the voices in the music and everything. And I was like, man, they did this too accurately. <laughs> right, yeah. right. That's the best part when you when you have all of these um, older IPs that are getting new new breaths of life breathed into them. I think one of the best things that you can do is... Uh, really thread the needle of not alienating old fans, but expanding upon what what made them great in the process while adding new stories on top of it. And I would argue, like we're going to be talking about uh, <laughs> today, between Boom and some of the revitalization that's come since the IP changed hands, Power Rangers is one of those... Um, one of those IPs that's really made a resurgence in significance and popularity, thanks to people like Boom Studios and and all of that. Oh yeah, it's it's weird how how Gargoyles is such a natural transition. We're talking about the comic world right now into the Power Rangers thing, which I had a question about, but I was going to wait till we got to the to to the beat the meat of it. But I'm going to hold on to some stuff. This is a lot of this episode might just be me picking Joe's brain about Power Rangers. 
Um, and that's and and that I am I am more than happy to uh, provide my geek knowledge on on Power Rangers. Um, it's so funny to me because for the last five years, give or take, really since since Boom took over the comics and they started pushing in a particular situation, maybe closer to three years and five years, there's been a lot of conversation about where did the powers come from? Where, you know, what is the history of the, 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 what has become this entire universe? And at first it was, all of this stuff that we're going to talk about with the Morphin Masters and the Power Eggs and the Dino Gems and all of these different things, you were, as a kid, you had to be sufficed with little throwaway lines about the Morphin Masters that Zordon um, gave that wasn't like meant to be anything. It was it was just part of a part of a, a villain of the week storyline and people like boom took that and ran with it to the point where they made it so undeniable that the tv that, that the tv show which is considered the the source for power rangers canon it took it and canonized the idea of the morphin masters and all of that kind of stuff and you know with the power coins and all of that those were all like they they were given some slight uh, explanations in the comics or not in the comics in the TV show, but never really picked up on since especially after Power Rangers became more of a serialized thing rather than an overarching story to be told. There could there would be crossovers from time to time, but. It was never. There was never the, the the this idea given towards building this large cohesive st- universe with all of these different moving pieces and all of that kind of stuff. So really, when you talk about these things, when you talk about the origins of all of that, it it it's newer, even though they're backdating it to mm-hmm. fit in with IP that is uh, decades old at this point, which yeah. I should, in order to make all of this make sense, I need to set the table a little bit. And <laughs> then I've got a question for you. I have so, <laughs> <laughs> so Power Rangers is, for those of you that don't know, is based upon a Japanese, a long running Japanese series called Super Sentai. Super Sentai is a... Um, a serialized set of stories told, I want to say the first ones came out in the seventies and it was, it's in, in the same vein as Tokusatsu, like, um, Kamen Rider or Ultraman or Godzilla or those kinds of things. Um, and, and in Japan, this was a big deal, right? Like this was, this was comparable to what in 93, 95, mm-hmm. the Rangers were to American pop culture. And so this this gentleman, Haim Saban, um, who is the founder of Saban Studios, uh, took he wanted something that was basically low cost, 
that he could import over to the United States. And so he found um, Super Sentai and realized I can take all of these action set pieces and all of that kind of stuff and take them over and bring them to America and basically splice it in with a, uh, a teen drama sitcom, you know, that sort of thing. And, and thus Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is born and is like to say that it is a hit and is, and is like legendary in TV for kids is beyond an understatement. Like th- there's a, a, a famous story that gets told that gets told about how in uh, in ninety uh, first season of Power Rangers there was an event that took place in Hollywood, I think it was, where traffic was stopped up because the Power Rangers were going to be making an appearance, and so like there was like a giant traffic jam because people were trying to get in to see the Power Rangers, and it was like the first time where they they know like oh wait we're this is a big deal like and and it was never really meant to be that and so kind of from Jump Street Power Rangers was always you know building upon itself and 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 becoming kind of throwing on more lore to it than than they initially even intended until you get to the point of this the capstone of what's known as the the Zordon era where it's kind of the first several seasons of Power Rangers that wraps that wraps up there, and and that's when you get more into the world of um, a a constantly rotating cast of characters that has new powers and new abilities and new people every single season, plus or minus some random seasons where like the famous power ranger tommy oliver comes back older and is now training a new t- a new team or to to these newer seasons that are more focused on going back to the beginning and now setting up everything with the morphin masters and explaining where the power coins came from where the dino stones came from all of those kinds of things good man i have so many questions so so just let me give some of my background. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch Power Rangers as a kid. And then I was homeschooled when I was in fifth grade and then also in high school. But fifth grade is what I'm talking about. Um, in fifth grade, I was like, I'm not sure. Am I old enough that they'd let me watch this or not? Whatever. Um, the way my homeschool was set up is I, I did a lot of it myself and just sent tests in and kind of stuff. So my parents weren't always around. So I would sneak on during lunch. And that would always be I would always time it to where I'd get on lunch at the end of a Power Ranger episode, because I just wanted to watch the big things fight each other. So all I knew that big things fought each other. That was my entire context of Power Rangers up until like a couple weeks ago. (laughs) You know, Um, I I knew some other stuff. Like I knew there was always like dinosaur stuff. But in my mind, I was like, they just threw stuff that kids liked. Like kids like dinosaurs. We'll just throw that in there, too. And then because I knew we were doing this episode, I started watching Dino Fury and I was like, oh, wait a minute. No. no." So the dinosaur thing actually is kind of tied into some of the lore, maybe. And that's where I was like, okay, this is a little bit more interesting. But because I didn't have any of the nostalgia feels, it was still very much an adult watching a kid show going, man, I I feel like I need to be about 10, 15, 20 years younger to really let this sit right. Um, Which, from what I understand, Netflix is going to be branching out, doing some other stuff, and the comics going to be doing other stuff for the people who grew up with it. So maybe I'll get more into it with some of that. But 
Yeah, I, I've never heard power coins. Zordon, I think you said. I'm like, oh, oh, those things sound cool. What's that? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I. Um, so so Zordon is the first official mentor of the Power Rangers. Every team has like a mentor figure, like a leader figure that is in control and in command. You also saw this in uh, Dino Fury. Yeah, was it Zato? Was he the mentor figure? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So basically that started with Zordon. The power coins are the things that the original Power Rangers used to morph um, into, into Power Rangers. That's what was in their morpher were power coins, and oh, that's what okay. gave them power. And that was originally thought – those were originally thought to have been created by Zordon. And then in the show, uh, they uh, – season three – they explored it a little bit with a character named Ninjor that was said to have created the powers. And then you come to find out that's not actually where the, where they came from as this starts to, as uh, Dino Fury and later uh, seasons start to flesh out more of that. Ninjor was just a, a powerful being that was, a, a part of the whole thing, but not the actual creator of the powers. Huh, man. So that kind of makes me think of like um, the, the crystals and lightsabers or is that sort yeah. of like the, just, that's just kind of the power up thing. Okay. Um, okay. So power coins, that's who Zadon is. When did the dinosaur thing, like from someone who grew up with it, as opposed to someone who just watched the thing and went, Oh, okay. Cause I got the feeling given, I think it's like season 20 by the time Dino Fury comes around, but that's very much retconning some of the origin with the Dino gems. When did the Dino stuff, like if you grew up with it, when was it introduced and how did that, like, what did that look like originally? So, um, the original set of powers were all based around dinosaurs. Um, Mastodon, hold up. Let me see. Let me see if I can do it. (laughs) Sorry. Mastodon, Pterodactyl, Triceratops, Sabretooth Tiger, Tyrannosaurus. And then the the Dragon Zord was Tommy's. Um that was the that was the first set of six. Tommy oh. didn't come around until um probably I want to say it was partway through season two um that they introduced Tommy. Jason David Frank. So, um good. So the dinosaur thing was a part of the show before the Dino Rangers? Correct. Yes. Okay. The first the first set of Power Rangers, what which is commonly known as MMPR, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, yeah. because that was the original name of the TV show. Um, they're all all of their that was all dinosaur centric. And then huh. they they kind of went off into various versions of um, it being represented by tech and then it being represented by animals and then it being represented by um, rescue vehicles and different things like that, that because every single season was taking inspiration from a different season of Super Sentai. And so a lot of the Super Sentai stuff was all animal based or or dinosaur based. So. 
is the more modern stuff still from Super Sentai or have they branched out to kind of become more of their own thing now? So they've becoming they've become more and more of their own thing. Um, they realized pretty quickly after after season two that there was a lot more story to tell on the American side than on the Japanese side, and so it's actually um, partway through season two you can see a shift in um, wh- how the fight scenes look because uh-huh. they actually had to reach out to. This, the Super Sentai um, studios and and request new footage of those suits and like new fight scenes and all of that kind of stuff. And then they eventually started doing more and more of it stateside and all of that kind of stuff. And it was last year, yes, after all of the switch up happened when mm. um, they they changed hands again and now Netflix owns them and all of this kind of stuff. Well, Netflix doesn't technically own them. They own the distribution rights. The toys, hmm. I think, are still Hasbro. Um they they that was when they made the declaration that they are that they are are officially taking Power Rangers and separating it from Super Sentai. So they're no longer going to be using specifically Super Sentai based suits and different things like that, that now they're going to start working in their own designs and all of that kind of stuff. They had been doing some of that already, but it was still heavily influenced on various seasons of Super Sentai up until I want to say it was two or three iterations of the series ago. They started giving extra seasons two different sets of suits and thus needing to extend it out more with more American shot footage and all that kind of stuff. So has some of that more original stuff, has it, has it been worse since they branched off or has it been better the same? Um, I love where they're at right now because they're finally saying, Hey, we have this thing over here that is coming out that people love Let's maybe make some of what the show looks like more like what the series or the the comic series looks like. And and so there's more harmony between those two sets. So I personally like that part of it. Um, I think that they've they are coming off the heels of struggling with a a, a whole set of time where Power Rangers was no longer relevant. Mm -hmm. And so it really did like kudos to all of the the super fans out there that have watched through every single <laughs> iteration of power rangers i am not that guy uh, there are some se- some series that i have not watched because for a while it really was just a little kids tv show like there wasn't any meat on the bone it was just watching power rangers for power rangers sake and it was so re- reduced down that it just it wasn't fun um with some of this other stuff, it's more world building. It's more expanding out the universe. It's 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 adding different stakes and different weights to different things. But with this stuff here at the at the, the newest stuff, it's one hundred percent retconning the stuff that came that that came before it. Because <laughs> as a kid, you you got a throwaway line about the Morphin Masters. You got the some 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 random stuff about the source of of the coins from Zordon, 
but there really wasn't much in the way of definitive origin storytelling back in the day, not until you got to Ninjor and he created the new powers after the first iteration of the powers were destroyed and, and all of that kind of stuff that it started. That was really the only thing that started to build upon it. And then it wasn't really until in a post Zordon world, time force gave some interesting stuff because there was time travel and that kind of uh-huh. was, it was more about created powers and they, they created tools to tap into this thing called the morphing grid, which is hmm. uh, the morphing grid is the source of the powers. The morphing masters were were a civilization of people that studied the morphing grid and were experts in the morphing grid and could utilize it to create different things and stuff like that. But the morphing grid is kind of like the force in that it gives, it's the thing that gives the powers to the Power Rangers. Yeah, when you said it, it made me think of the Speed Force. <laughs> like I'm thinking like Flash when you said that. Um, so when did when did these people come up that were starting to study it? Like just to give me a time reference of when Power Rangers started, because it's not our world, but it's very set in our real world, you know. So was it like a year where this is when we started studying the Morphing Grid? Um. So the the history goes back to quote unquote ancient history um, with where with the newest stuff, they've started um, reckoning it to where some of the Morphin Masters were around as far back as the Pangea age. Um, But it's really about 65 million years ago that the first major steps towards seeing the Morphin Masters in in work starts to take shape. So since the only thing I watched was Dino Fury... Naturally, I'm wondering how some of what I saw plays a fa- plays a part in all this. So at the beginning of the Dino Fury series, I'll be honest, it's been a couple weeks and I'm already kind of like there was a lot that happened <laughs> there that I'm just kind of like it's a little blurry. But how does the morphing grid, the power coins and all that, how does that play a part when like the origin story I saw had a lot with these dino gems and it looks like it fell from space and maybe there were aliens involved and dinosaurs and. I was like, there's a lot going on. And then um, the the mentor they had, Zato, was like from way back when the dinosaur times and ends up just kind of in ketosis or whatever until the show starts. And then it's like this guy from like forever ago. And the dino gyms seem to be what it's presenting as the thing. But you're telling me the morphing grid is the thing. I'm confused. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) So the so the morphing grid is is the thing, and okay. that's part of what when they did when they did that when they when they expounded upon the morphing masters they did so in a way that assumed that you knew what the morphing grid was. Great. So technically, the morphing masters are a set of aliens that um, basically devoted themselves to studying the morphing grid's nature and its existence across all universes. Because that's part of this is there are parallel universes at play. This isn't just one universe where all of this stuff happens. There's a there's a universe within this that the dinosaurs still walk the earth. 
that this is not that the, that the 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 um, asteroid that killed the dinosaurs never hit Earth, and so it's like a whole thing where dinosaurs exist. Um, and so, basically, in a nutshell, the Morphin Masters are said to have existed since basically the birth of the universe, oh. and that that when the universe was born. Um, the Morphin Masters created a trio of basically emissaries. Um, okay. From from the light of a star, basically. Um, it, it, there's a weird there's a weird line between some of this is fleshed out and fully in full blown storytelling, and some of it's like, yeah, that happened. Move on. Like, don't don't stick at that one okay. at that one sure. spot. You know what I mean? Um, and, and so. They're, they're, the idea is that it, it's there will always be three that will act as their representatives. And that's the red, blue, and yellow Morphin emissaries. And that, I guess that correlates with the Rangers then, red, blue, and yellow Rangers. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, and so one of the Morphin Masters was able to enter into um, the Morphin Grid. And um, at the same time, kind of the ultimate big bad, Dark Spectre, was was there to um, trap the morph the, the morphing masters in the in the morphing grid oh. um, for like almost six hundred years uh, hmm. until they were um, until they were released, basically. And then they, um, it, it from that point goes into where some of the offshoots start to take place and some of the different events start to take place that influence the different goings on within the universe. But that's kind of the, the bare bones of where it begins. Um, it's, it's when, when this big event happened that left, um, that, that they had to close some or they had to close the, the entry points into the morphing grid. Um, that's where you get the offshoot of a thing called the Ninja Nexus, uh, uh, prism that powers the Ninja Steel Rangers, the Dino Gems that okay. uh, powered the Dino Rangers and the um, Energems that power the Dino Charge Rangers, which are different than <laughs> Dino Rangers. Okay, sure. Is that so? Do the power coins come from the same place? Yeah, yeah. They okay. come. They come from the um, the the Morphin Masters. Man, so. This is so much for like what because when I watched it, it was very clearly like this is a kid show. And yeah, it's like, man, these origins, these like the details going in with the parallel universes, the the light that started everything, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, man, that is um that is some complex storytelling for something that is presented as this is for children, which is cool because that means children are being introduced some some really deep thought out storytelling pretty young and just saying if you have kids maybe start them off in power rangers because it's like you have to think to understand some of this you know like it takes yeah. a little bit of thought process um 
So with the, with the morphing grid, was it created with creation? Was it the cause of everything? So the more the morphing grid is is kind of like a kind of like something that ex- exists outside of creation and outside it's kind of like a like a like a law of nature sort of thing rather than like being something that played an influence in the creation of the universe so just to help me so rather than it being more imminent like the force or transcendent like some people think of god some people don't i know but you know whatever it's more an element like gravity is that sort of would that be a better way of thinking of it it's definitely closer but closer to that i would say it's probably somewhere in between thinking of it like gravity and thinking of it like the force somewhere in between gravity and the force that's a that's a wide range i um so go philosophical then like what is the to you and how you understand the universe what is the closest correlation to the morphing grid i mean would the closest correlation still be something more spiritual or would it be more somebody had the power to control i don't know reality like the reality stone marvel like what is it closest to that i might understand um i would i would say that your 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 assertion about it being like a like a force from dc comics is is uh uh, actually like marvel um oh what's the thing that that spider-man had that was the 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 multiverse thing yeah uh captain cosmic the power cosmic right something like that yeah the the question mark (laughs) the the, stuff with madam web and all that yeah, yeah 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 um it's it's like that where it's it's bestows power it theoretically could have a will, huh? But is more a universal property than a a, a transcendent person. This is really funny. I feel like I'm questioning you about this as if it's like a religious belief almost. <laughs> it's like you're like, man, I don't know. Um, That's funny. So. So this is something that always fascinates me when there's multiverse stories. It's part of what I really loved about the show Supernatural because it directly addressed the supernatural part of it naturally. Um, I always wonder when you have something that is like the thing of the universe, you know, for us Christians, the thing of our universe is God, the Holy Spirit, whatever. The Mm -hmm. thing of Marvel is going to be the Infinity Stones, the Celestials, all that kind of stuff. sounds like the thing of Power Rangers is the morphing grid. So now I'm thinking with that being the thing, I love always wondering if there's other universes, which you said in Power Rangers, there's are other dimensions. Are there different morphing grids for each one or is it one that connects them all? The So, so the morphing grid is, is universal. It's, it's one morphing grid for everybody. That's actually a, um, there's a, there is a universe within Power Rangers lore that is that that was forced to be separated from um, the morphing grid and huh. it like became unstable and like a kind of like a barren wasteland sort of sort of thing. Um, but it's it was very much a 
the first time that you saw a universe that did not have access to the morphing grid. The one thing about the morphing grid is it came up in the original MMPR through the entirety of the Zordon, the Zordon era. So mm-hmm. for those of you that are looking at a series, um, the, Zord- the, the, the list of series, the Zordon era goes through Mighty Morphin, through all three seasons of, of Mighty Morphin, and uh, into Zeo, into Turbo, into um, In Space. In Space is kind of a capstone moment where it, it, it was kind of like the culmination of this big uh, story arc. And then, but it wasn't really until partway through Zeo that they really started leaning into building out kind of a, a, a bigger picture and a bigger universe and all of that kind of stuff. And they took it like cosmic and all of that kind of stuff because a lot of it was all ground-based. There were elements of other like outside like aliens and all that kind of stuff. But you didn't really see much in the way of Power Rangers in space. And then that became more and more of a thing. But after it, the the but it, Power Rangers in space, the actual season of Power Rangers <laughs> finished, um, you got Lost Galaxy. And from Lost Galaxy up through several iterations of the Power Rangers, you stopped hearing about the morphing grid. And then... The um, when when Tommy Oliver came back and gave kind of a a retrospective about like he's captured and the three the three Power Rangers are all um, they 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 stumble upon a recording that he gives that basically is supposed to act like a a an explainer for everybody who doesn't know who Tommy is. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? That doesn't know all of the history of the Power Rangers and all of that kind of stuff. And so for a while, the Morphing Grid kind of took a back burner. And it really wasn't until um, later iterations like the Mega Rangers and all of that, that really tied in this whole Morphing Grid thing to them be having access. Because there's a season, it's an anniversary season, where the Power, Ran- the, the Power Rangers have access to the powers of all of the Rangers that came before them. Oh, sick. Um, okay, I got, I got two more questions. Uh, and they're very, they're very simple questions, I think. Um, yeah. So in the episode I saw, the first couple episodes I saw, it was like of the Dino Fury, Solon. It's like a like a humanoid dinosaur thing. R- reminded me of the characters in the the Star Fox Adventures game back back in the day on GameCube. Um, is that an alien? Is that just a dinosaur from another dimension? What what is what is Solon? <laughs> uh, he's a he's a dinosaur basically. That was that that was found along the way. Okay, because just a like dinosaur I said, who became humanoid. Yeah. Basically, there's a there's a um, like I said, a time traveling element to the whole thing. So, okay. my other question, I hope this is easy to you mentioned that a lot of them was very much a lot of seasons in between kind of became this is just a kid show where if an adult wanted to get into Power Rangers because he was neglected as a child, (laughs) where where would be the best place to start now? I would say start with the Zordon era, go through Muddy Morphin through in space, get a, get, get, uh, you know, the foundation of the series where the series started. Yeah. Then jump ahead to, um, 
is it Dino Fury on? I think Beast Morphers on something like that. Hmm. So go th- go through the Zordon era. Go through Muddy Morphin through In Space. That's a good bedrock and, fo- and foundation. There are some isolated series in in the midst of all of this that are really cool. That are um, that bring a fascinating element to it. There's yeah. one where uh, it's called Time Force that is uh, about a ranger team from the future that is forced to go back in time and all of that. Um, that has some interesting stuff. Uh, SPD is another one that's kind of like future cops, basically, Ooh. where huh? like it's more like they're like the Power Rangers are like law enforcement sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, but the one that all Power Ranger nerds out there are screaming at their devices for me to say in all of this, if you're looking for an, one that is the most palatable to an adult, um, it's Power Rangers RPM. Mad Max meets Power Rangers. What does RPM stand for? I don't think anything. I think it's, there's, there's like, it's like a tie-in with the actual, the, the actual, uh, uh, powers and all of that. Like SPD stands for space patrol Delta. Um, I don't think RPM stands for anything in particular, but like I said, it's like dystopian future. And there's actually a really interesting, um, villain that ties into a villain from another series that uh kind of ties the two the two series together and all of that kind of stuff but it's such a departure from what came what what else was coming out that it was it's it's a really cool take nice nice all right i will at least check out the original and rpm then (laughs) yeah because that sounds interesting so Basically, in a nutshell, when you're looking at the the origins of the Power Ranger universe, to distill it down, you have the creation before the creation of the universe, basically with the birth of the universe, where there were the Morphin Masters. The Morphin Masters study the Morphin Grid. The Morphin Grid is the thing that gives Power Rangers its uh its powers um is a power source that can also be used by evil hence why dark specter is trying to capture it for his own nefarious purposes all Mm. of that kind of stuff and it's through this big event of um closing off gates to to the morphing grid and dark specter trying to get the get access for himself that different aspects of all of the the different powers and sources of powers are all created like the ninja nexus uh prism and like the you know the power coins and the dino gems and all of those kinds of things and from there that's where you get more of the individualized storytelling aspects of that of power rangers that the later series are now all st- starting to tie together even if when they were originally created, they weren't intended to be tied together. But that's why I say in order to really understand what's happening now and the efforts that they're making now, go ahead and watch through the earlier stuff so you can get a good foundation of where Mm -hmm. all of this stuff started from. And then also seriously read the Boom comics. They are doing amazing things. Man, yeah. 
You know that thing I do that, that's slightly annoying to some host where I just drop a bomb and move on? <laughs> Go for it. I just want to point out, this is the year of origins, the year of creation for our show. The The fact that you see here that I think is really cool. From the beginning of the creation of this world, you have these things that occur with the Morphin Grid, with the Morphin Masters, all the stuff that continues to make an impact on the show for however many years the show's been out, which is a long time. And thousands of years later, 600 years, they've closed off and it's still, it's where you get your power from. It's still this, and, and it's not just a one-off, this is how Power Rangers did it. I think in everything, when you visit the origins, you end up discovering that's where the power comes from. And that's where I think creation, creation stories are incredibly important because it's how you understand who you are now. Yeah. Yeah. I think even, even as far as we've gotten with the origin stories that we've covered, I think pretty universally you hear a lot of that pretty universally it's mm -hmm. it's those kinds of things that it's that same kind of principle that you see where there is this unchanging immutable force that bears life uh, you know uh creation long impact on mm -hmm. the things around it and i mean even if, if you look at theologies of creation it shows, right? The people who who believe there were no God and things just happened by accident, that that impacts their decisions and stuff that they do today in science and everything. Um, the people who don't believe in creation at all, it impacts how you understand viruses today, right? Um, the people who believe there was an intelligent designer behind evolution, that impacts purpose, how you understand God, how you understand your relationship to those around you. Creation impacts everything. And that's why I, I just think it's so cool when you see something like this where so much thought was put into cre the creation and how it makes an, an, a difference on these characters. Even though it's wildly different than what I'm talking about, it still highlights that importance of creation impacts you now whether you believe it does or not. And what you believe about creation will impact your character. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It, it's, it, there's, there's a, there's a level of living as if a thing is real. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something that as Christians, we can take with us and should be our, our mode of being and, uh, and, and our general posture of living as if it's real. And part of, Part of what I think gets why we run into as many problems as we do with, you know, different Christians acting different ways and all of that kind of stuff is there's no there's no reconciliation of living as if it's true. And when when you look at different portrayals and different different stories being told of different groups or different worlds being created, there are some things that are unchanging and there are some things that don't that that they true truth shines through even if it's in a fantasy setting yeah you know i'm gonna get a little spicy then i'm then i'll be done <laughs> i have a friend who doesn't believe in god who generally is a better person to other people than most people I know who call themselves Christian. And I think mm -hmm. part of the reason why from what I've talked to him is because he genuinely believes there was no God or anything so that people just were here. Our time you have right now is all you have. And the whole point of your life is to better humanity as a whole. And because he genuinely believes that, 
he puts a lot of effort into bettering humanity as a whole, as though he only has a finite amount of time. A lot of Christians don't understand the Imago Dei, don't understand every other human was made in God's image. They don't truly believe their own creation story. Instead, they act like all they know is one day I'll be in heaven, so what I do now doesn't matter. And I think that's incredibly problematic, but I think that's a posture of a lot of people. Yeah, that's part of why I don't attribute morality as having any real major significance in this conversation because morality is something achievable by anybody. Being a moral person is achievable for Christian and non-Christian alike. And how a person reacts to a perceived necessity for morality is that that you don't you don't need Jesus for that. Yeah. And it's also why I put more importance to what you believe about creation than I do what you believe about the end times. It's because most people don't understand what the end times actually are and that it's Jewish poetry, not a play-by-play account of what's going on. Yep. So um so yeah that's that's a lot of of story and a lot of different resources that all have to be grabbed from in order to get the full picture kind of distilled down into one snapshot that because this is something that hasn't really been cohesively told along the way you you have to look in a couple of different spots in order to look for it in order to find this information. But I will say the TV shows are doing a good job of, of laying some kind of concrete foundation that you can take a look at and say, at least this is a starting point. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for boom to release the power Rangers origins comics. Uh, I say that in case they happen to listen, please do that. Cause this sounds fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, with that, um, let's slide into the wrap up. Josh, what recommendations do you have for our lovely listeners? So this is a weird one, but uh, so recently I was at a Comic Con. I got a I got a print of an Invader Zim art that somebody did. I love Invader mm-hmm. Zim, and uh, so my recommendation is if you grew up watching that show and somehow didn't watch the season that was not released on Net- on a uh, Nickelodeon, you can find it on YouTube. You should watch it. It's great. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, my recommendation uh, this week would be to dig in to Power Rangers. Give it some time. It's it's got to start some. It's got to start someplace. <laughs> like yeah. the 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 Green Ranger arc is is probably the best offering that that MMPR has. Um, but check out check out the the uh, a couple of different seasons to get a good beat on the different types of storytelling that can happen. And if you enjoy comics in that particular medium, check out what is going on with power Rangers. Um, there are two sets of, there are two sets of, of, of books right now. There's uh, there's power Rangers and then there's muddy Morphin power Rangers. One go, one follows the, the, the team as most people know it, the, um, the white Ranger, the black Ranger, the mm-hmm. uh, yellow, blue, red. Um, the other one or the, the other uh, set is the Omega Rangers. They're the emissary. They're the current emissaries of 
the Morphin Masters. So it's it's um, kind of a you'll know this once you once you watch <laughs> the watch the show. Um, Zachy Zach Trini and um, Jason all leave the show in real life it's because of a pay dispute and because hmm. they were they were getting paid dollar like pennies on the dollar because oh. at, at, at first um but it they all go away to a peace conference and this is kind of a this is what actually happened they didn't go to a peace conference they went off and and became a different set of rangers oh okay that's kind of cool yeah so Thank you all for joining us. If you have listened to this and want to hear more from the show, you can head on over to systematicecology.org and check out the full backlog of uh, episodes and keep track of everything that we've got going on this month or this year with uh, Origins. And uh, as well as see the all, see the the various projects that that all of the hosts are all involved in there on the website. Um, if you want to help us keep the lights on, you can head on over to Patreon.com/slash/SystematicEcology, kick a couple of bucks in the kitty, and check out the incredible amount of uh, bonus materials that are there. But for now, I want you guys to remember one very important, we're all chosen people, a geekdom of Greece. This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.